the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The birth of Samson, it's about as amazing as the birth of John the Baptist. Really, it's pretty much the same thing, but in Old Testament version. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand online at grace-bible.com. Today, we turn our attention back to the book of Judges. We are again in chapter 13, looking at verses 1 through 24, and the birth of Samson, and the miracle that surrounds it. As we begin our time together today, we are reminded that there are times that a miracle is just that, a miracle. We can't wrap our heads around it, and we shouldn't take the time to use our intellect as an idol to try and figure out miracles. Here's Pastor Jesse with more on today's Way of Grace. You got to take your time to understand whether or not we're dealing with special revelation that requires you to not worship the limitations of your own intellect. That makes sense. Let me back up and see if really is in, is, if God is in this or not. See, because again, you and I live in a, a fleshly culture in the which we really do often worship our intellect. We'll get stupid enough to think that that can't be the case. Now, her husband could have really thought she was just delusional. Couldn't. He would say, woman, you crazy. You tripping. And then there would have been a problem. So she came to him the proper way. She said no more and no less. She let the same power of divine truth in its explicit proclamation affect him as it affected her. And here's what I want you to own as I get ready to move. Understand that Manoah and his wife are on the same team. They know the same God. They love the same God. And they understand before them is that there's no way that all of the promises of God, which are yes and amen in Christ, can be true in them unless they're on the same page. Yes. And I love the way this works out. Are you ready? Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Verse 8. Then the husband prayed. There it is. There it is. See it? He believed his wife, and then he began to call upon God sincerely called upon God. Remember what's going on here. The promise is a miracle. The promise is supernatural. The promise is not logical. The promise is not a mere contingent of mechanisms. This here is a supernatural promise for which the husband now is going in totally to pray to God. You got a woman who's had a special revelation from God. You got a man that's praying. That couple is in good shape. 
Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord. Let the man of God, which you have sent, come unto us and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. What a man. What a man. What a man. This is so absolutely important. This is point number four in our outline. The promise witnessed and confirmed. What I want you to capture here about what Manoah is doing. He's praying that God would grant them further revelation so that they can both know exactly what to do. And what you're about to see now is what I call nothing less than a ministry of teaching by Christ himself to the couple so that they can have a godly home. Look at how this works over in verse eight. I'm sorry, verse nine. And God hearkened unto the voice of Manoah, didn't he? And the Lord Jesus came again unto the woman as she sat in the field. She's working. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman made haste and ran and showed her husband again. There it is again. She's not holding back. She's sharing with him because her hope is his hope. And he said unto him, behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. And Manoah arose and went after his wife. Again, look at the collaboration. Again, look at the dynamic of faith. It is not a navel gazing, mere spectacle. This is not theorizing. This is getting up off of your butt, compelled by a belief that moves you in a direction that wants to realize exactly what she said. They are now both coming to Christ. They are both coming to Christ. They are not fighting about coming to Christ. They're both coming to Christ and they're getting ready to sit at the feet of our master. This is who Yahweh is in his messenger. Christ is the teacher here. And they're about to sit at his feet. And Manoah rose, went after his wife, came to the man and said unto him, are you the man that spake unto the woman? And he said, I am. What a beautiful truth. He's not impeding. He's not hindering. He's not playing games. I am the one. Your wife got it right. She's, she understands the gospel. She believes the word of God. She's not playing games. She told you, didn't she? Now this is a better turnout than Adam and Eve. Is it not? Eve thought she could handle that beast on her own. Let me go on. Notice what it says in verse 12. I want to, I want to walk this through with you so I can shut it down because we got to partake of the table. And Menorah said, let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child? How shall we do unto him? Are y'all getting this? They're in class and the master is about to teach them how to raise his children. That's not their children. That child is a child of promise and that child has to be raised by parents that are willing to obey God before the conception comes. They say, lay it out to us. See, because if Manoah gets it, then his wife gets it. Manoah said, please lay this out to me so I can be clear on what you want me to do. See, now this is really a, this is a gospel home. This is a gospel home. This is a home where the man and the woman are sitting under God's word and they're not arguing. 
They both reverence God. And they know that they were not made for themselves. They're made for his glory. And they're just as happy as can be to be the servants of the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. God, let me sweep the, sweep the ground in the kingdom. Let me just be a, a, a street sweeper in the kingdom of God. Use me, oh Lord, use me. Use me. Especially in a Philistine culture. He didn't have to choose him. Here, children of God, do y'all know every day they go out talking about we getting ready to have a baby? They're going to take some hits. Do you know that? But they have to tell it because God must be glorified when God brings a revelation to you of what he's going to do in you and through you. God is to be glorified. We heard from the Lord today. He told us he has promises for us. We believe his promise and we're moving in obedience to those promises. That's the why. That's the reason why we're not partying with y'all as much. Just want to let you know, this ain't about us not loving you. We love you. If, if we were free from our mission, we might hang out with you. But we're on a mission from God. Christ has laid out the marching at his orders and made it plain. We got 15 to 18 years to go. We got 15 to 18 years to go to sanctify this child unto the Lord. 15 to 18 years to be set apart. 15 to 18 years to prioritize worship, sound Bible study, Christ-exalting, Christ-generated Bible study so that we can give that child half a chance to be Samson. Manoah said, now let thy words come to pass. I believe you. How shall we order the child and how shall we do unto him? Verse 13, a couple more. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, of everything that I said unto woman, unto the woman, let her what? Let her beware. All right, well, I can be here a long time. Only because I have such concern about our present generation, as you know. I have such concern about this present generation. We are in bad times. And we act like we're in normal times. We are in subnormal times. God help me stop right here. Help me to stop. We are in subnormal times. The woman is always the one in the Bible most in danger of collapsing the society. Always. Because she is the closest in proximity to bringing about the blessing. Do you understand that? The proto-evangel lays out for us the battle between the dragon and the woman. Your seed shall bruise his heel, says God to the servant. Her seed will crush your head. And that's the battle that's going on in our world with the evil, wicked one trying to destroy women in terms of their identity, their calling and their purpose. And the collateral consequences are the children. They come out of the womb in a civil war where mama doesn't know her identity. And the father is absent. 
And the child is now an animal. You know what I'm saying is true. And the wicked one is laughing and mocking our society right now because he has, he has wrought a lot of evil in this regard. And the church acts like it doesn't know what it should be doing. I can tell you what it should be doing. It should be doing exactly what Manoah and his wife are doing. Sitting at the feet of Christ, being reminded of their sanctification. That they are sanctified in God by being sanctified in Christ, by being sanctified by the word of God, so that the whole household is sanctified in thy truth. Sanctify them in thy truth. Your word is true. That's what we should be doing. And then choice making will work itself out. Did you know that? Listen to me, young couple. I told you I was talking to y'all. There's no way that you can take God serious and take God's word serious and at length make a bunch of wrong choices. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There's no way you can be committed to the truth of God's word. Remember the word unto your servants upon which you have caused us to hope. Can you hear Manoah and his wife saying that? Bring the word back, oh God, bring it back. Help us to understand that we are called to something that looks a whole lot different than what's going on around us. Teach me thy precepts and I will observe your commandments. All right, this is where we are. This is where we are. And this is where every true believer is hungering in their soul to actually be right with God. I know that. I know that's true for you. So I'm going to pick up the message next week. And start dealing with what you and I are about to deal with now. So we're getting ready to take the Lord's table, right? Is that what we're getting ready to do? Okay, let me help you. So I'm going to help you right now. The Lord's table is a symbol of the Nazarite vow being fulfilled. The Nazarite vow is the vow of a son being completely consecrated to God so that that son can be used to destroy God's foes. Who is that son? The Nazarite vow is the total offering up of everything that the child is from his birth until his what? Exactly right. Everything about the child is to be set apart for the task of God pouring into that child what is necessary to deal with one, the sin offering. The sin offering. What is the sin offering? It's the offering that propitiates for our sin. It's the thing that all the children of Israel always knew that you can't get to God without blood. That you can't get to God without an innocent lamb being offered up as a sacrifice to propitiate God's wrath. Keeping up with me? Every lamb represented the incarnate son of God. 
Every lamb had to be set apart so that it was without spot and blemish. Every lamb had to take on the full Nazarite vow by analogy so it could be qualified to be an innocent lamb. That's the sin offering. Your sin, my sin, the sin of all of God's people, all placed where? On him. Right? We all have gone astray like sheep. All of us have turned to our own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. One sheep, the sin offering. Are you with me? I got four more to do. I got four more to do. This is for us in our lost state as sinners. Under the wrath of God. Christ had to die for our sins to actually bring us into the community. Did he not? He was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. By the time the gospel comes to us, Christ has died. Christ has been buried. Christ has risen again. Christ has ascended on high. He said it is finished. It comes to us as an accomplished redemption. Does it not? Hallelujah for the sin offering. Now, the next offering is called the trespass offering. Now, the trespass offering is for the people of God who are on the inside. As you and me. And the trespass offering is a God that loves us enough that tells us he's not going to put up with our sinning on the inside. as stupid, ignorant people who have missions and purposes. Y'all keeping up with me? Now, the trespass offering is really the offering that is yielded to deal with the sins of ignorance, the sins of omission and the sins of just not doing things the way we should be doing them. I want you to get that. There's a difference between the sin offering and the trespass offering. The trespass offering is about reconciliation of faults and errors and ignorances. That means you're already in fellowship with him. Y'all got that? Right. This is why we quote it all the time. First John 1, 9 to 1 and 2. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Why? We're saved. It's not that we're not saved. We're on the inside. Our fellowship is broken by our raggedy lives. And God wants us to not play games. He will be unpleased with the way we behave. And so what an economy. Y'all, y'all all right? Y'all all right? What an economy to just Simply go to God and say, I'm sorry. What an economy. Well, what an economy to do. And, and the trespass offering was an, an offering designed to bring reconciliation among offenses among the brethren. The New Testament principle is if your brother offends, you go to him. Vice versa. Work it out. Those are trespasses. Because we already have had our sin put away in the person of Christ. We stand on the grounds of his righteousness accepted in the beloved. But we dare not tell the world that we are all righteous in ourselves. We're in between grace and glory. And we still need blood. It's for reconciliation. Now the next offering is what is called the whole burnt offering. Y'all got that? Now the whole burnt offering is really what corresponds to the Nazarite vow. The child is totally given up to God. Jesus was totally given up to God, was he not? This is why at 12 years old, he intentionally did not go back home with his mom and daddy. 
stayed in the temple because he had to be about his father's business. When he came into his bar mitzvah, he knew he was a man. And now he was under the authority of his father, though he submitted to his parents. Y'all keeping up with me? And the totality of Christ's life was that he knew no sin. He did no sin. In him was no sin at all. No one could convince him of sin because he was the only righteous person that walked this earth as a whole burnt offering. Now, who's the burnt offering to? To God. When the priest takes the burnt offering, the only thing he strips off that offering is the skin. Put it over there for a minute. Everything else is to be washed and cleaned and put on the altar. And it is to be burned up. Y'all with me? And to be consumed. And the smoke of the offering goes up into the nostrils of God as a sweet-smelling Savior. And that's why the angel jumped inside the offering so that when it went up to heaven, the angel was saying, I am the Christ that will die for your sins. And I am the sweet smelling sacrifice to God. And you are accepted only in Christ. Y'all keeping up with me. Then there's another offering because I got to tell it to you. Because I think you guys are good enough to learn some things. It's called a peace offering. Again, the peace offering is not what you bring to God. It's what God brings to you in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He offers an offering of peace. Peace between him and us on the grounds of him who became your sin offering, your trespass offering, your whole burnt offering, Christ now is offered to us by the Father to let us know we have peace with God. One more. Can y'all keep up with me? One more. And this one will tag into what we're about to do. It's called the meal offering. The meal offering. It's what the priests were privileged to partake of with the sacrifice. The sacrifice would be given to God largely with the best portions of the ox or the bullock or the cow, the goat or the lamb, the best portions, the shoulders and the, and the flank. And the priest would get the other part. That's called fellowship with your God. Fellowship with your God. We would, we would raise it and say, God, thank you for this sacrifice. Thank you for the meal offering, the corn and the bread that comes out of the field, along with the meat offering. Thank you for this, Lord. All of this points to my Savior who died for my sins that accomplished my sin offering and my trespass offering. He was a whole burnt offering to you. You are well pleased with him for his righteousness sake. And bless God, you have called me into fellowship with you where I can sit at the table of Christ crucified, my peace offering, my meal offering. I get to feed on God's son at the table of God because he has united us to himself again. 
And we believe that that offering nurtures our soul. It strengthens our soul. It feeds our soul, doesn't it? Well, ladies and gentlemen, don't ever think more mundane and trivial again about what you're about to do. It's the meal offering of Christ Jesus that allows us to sit at the table and feed on the son of the living God and drink his blood by which we testify that our life is the life of God in Christ in us. Amen. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.